0: Everybody, welcome back to Tremble, the horror movie podcast. Three times of the charm. Trying to record this episode, but you not know, working. Um, with me, as always, is Steve Taylor. How are you two doing? Would it be weird if the issue that you with this podcast is that you couldn't hear it? I oh, couldn't hear it. Yeah. Would that be like that would be like the hush situation where it be like exactly? Or I wonder if there's can like a podcaster out there who's deaf. So they don't hear what their own podcast sounds like. Could you imagine?
1: I think in the, in the spirit of that, of A Quiet Place, we have to do this entire episode silent
0: now. Oh, I, so I was already prepared for that.
1: We'll telepathically send out our, our thoughts to each other and the audience, and you just have to hope you pick up a signal.
0: It'll just be the clicking of us talking through uh through Discord's uh texting. <laughs> yeah. I, I have a very noisy keyboard, so you'd probably hear it. Yeah, there was, we go. I was gonna say we do an audio only podcast, but do sign language.
2: You're <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> on Zoom. Not you can just like hear the, the washing video. of fingers and stuff. Yeah.
0: Not even like video, just do like an audio only what with, with sign language. Just see how far that goes. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah. We're here to uh, round out our double feature of the uh, um, Audible horror movies, I guess, is that the probably the best way to just or lack thereof. Audible, yeah, movies? more yeah, auditory more, yeah, and it's. I think I mean this one's it, especially because we just did Hush, where we have no, um, there there there's nobody that's afflicted with deafness at all, in either film, um. But this one, I I believe it's it's. Yeah, uh, uh, Millie Simmons is actually uh, deaf. Oh, in real life. Yeah, and she did a really great movie the year before with Todd Haynes called Wonderstruck that, that came and went. I saw it at the the Vancouver International Film Festival that year, and nobody fucking saw this movie. It's such a wonderful, wonderful movie, uh, and she's incredible in it. So when I saw that she was in the cast for this movie, I'm like, oh no, this was this is going to be good. Mm. um yeah uh here talk about quiet place and uh, i think i've talked on various podcasts about the negative experience i had watching this at this <laughs> point <laughs> and i feel like at this point it's just a meme at this point but uh, yeah uh the official summary of a quiet place A family struggles for survival in a world where most humans have been killed by blind but noise sensitive creatures they are forced to communicate in sign language to keep the creatures at bay. Um, for a pretty good synopsis. Also, the creatures in this
1: movie—I feel like the, the effects for them were really well done. Mm-hmm. Like, it looked really yeah. real. It was cool. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, I I do like the. the the work on them. Even though, to me, if I'm being completely honest, it seems like somebody just looked at a bunch of pictures of other cool monsters in horror movies yeah. and was just like, let's pull this, let's pull that. Like, it, it seemed very, like, very much like a combination of like, the Demogorgon and the Cloverfield monster. Um, so, maybe not points for originality, but it gets the job done. Uh, like I, a I, Cullen call Slenderman kind of. Yeah. Like, it's not even, like, the worst thing about in this movie but like it, it does oftentimes feel like oh okay that's kind of interesting that like there's some similarities there in the monster design but who knows maybe in 2020 or uh, 2021 you know we just have a hard time designing monsters oh well, i guess this movie came out what 2018 is when it came yeah. out so yeah. yeah well in terms it's of different. animation at least it was it was really well done yeah Mm-hmm. Uh, when was the first time you'll watch this movie? Uh, the advanced screening. Same. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we were probably in the same room. Yeah, I think this was before we knew each other. Yeah, this would have been back in the time when I probably was just was like, I'm not gonna socialize with anybody, I'm just gonna go in here and watch this movie and leave.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, wait, so do you guys end up having the same ex- first experience for this movie then?
0: I don't know. I, uh, I don't know. I, I... Oh wait, maybe i don't know. I think I paid to see this one. I think this was showing on the same night as I want to say Pop Star. Oh, uh, Pop Star is—we were talking. And about this I, went Popstar insta- I went to Pop Star instead. I went to Pop Star instead because Quiet Place was showing. Okay, we're gonna get Vancouver local here. Uh, Quiet Place was showing at Scotiabank in the AVX Theater, mm. and Pop Star was at International Village. So I went to International Village instead, which is right on the SkyTrain route. Right? So, mm. oh wait, yeah. So I saw I saw Popstar. And I believe I saw Popstar instead. Quiet Place came out twenty sixteen or no? Uh, Popstar came out twenty sixteen. Twenty sixteen. Okay, so it can't be that one. You can't use Popstar as an excuse, Steve. Okay, it was something <laughs> else. I saw something else in instead. I, I, you know, I know that that there is that reality as, like, film critics that, like, sometimes you have, like, three movies and you have to choose one, mm-hmm. and I always feel like I choose the one that has the most hype going in and that I always choose wrong because it's, it's, it's the worst one. <laughs> I'm like, why? Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I did see it at the film screening, and I just distinctly remember there being, like, a bunch of people talking and chewing popcorn. Again, I've told this story before countless times, but, like, It just was such a weird experience because, like, I get what they were going for with, like, a lot of the silence in the movie, but it just got undercut by, like, all these people just being like, "Uh, you want to go to Earl's afterwards, get a burger? And you're like, shut the fuck up. Like, I need one of these monsters in the theater to, like, just hunt you down and shut you up. Like, (laughs) please. Imagining um, one of those monsters
1: like wearing a Cineplex uniform now or
0: something. Just snarls at them when they take out their phone. They would hire the they would hire the
1: creatures as the manager of them, though. They wouldn't hire them as the movie checkers. No. So the movie checkers would come in and be like, Do you want me to bring up the manager? And then that's what it do <laughs> <laughs> I'm so bad I, I definitely didn't see this in theaters, which I feel like was was good for this movie like this movie or any movie where it's required to be quiet. Yeah. Like, like you're, you're putting too much trust in other people
0: seeing it. in No, a hundred percent. Uh, you know, we can't trust people to put masks on. We can't trust them to be quiet during a quiet place. Mm -hmm. Uh, and not just, you know, this was my first time rewatching the movie since I saw it in the theaters and I actually enjoyed it quite a bit more. Um, it within the confines of my uh, place, but it it is interesting that like it, it is a movie that like obviously was theatrically released and all that, but I feel like watching it theatrically is not the best way to watch this movie.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um. Yeah. What about you, Taylor? What was the first time you watched this movie? I
1: want to say it wasn't right when it came out, but I want to say it was on a streaming service at one point, fairly soon or sometime that I i watched it on like netflix
0: or something like that okay yeah it was on on netflix pretty quickly after it came out yeah i remember yeah 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 so i think i probably
1: watched it soon after it came out but not right away but uh that was a while ago now so
0: definitely before the podcast though nice um cool uh all right got a couple emails uh by the way, I should say there's a lot of negativity in the emails towards this movie. And, like, I had a not so great theater experience, but, like, man, some of you really fucking hate this movie. And I'm like, oh, jeez. I, the- I thought there was more love for this movie than than I was getting in the emails, but I don't know. Maybe people just are bitter against the world now or something. I don't know. There is on this side of the podcast here. Yeah. Yeah, I I fucking love this movie. I'm not, it's not a shame admit for me, I fucking dig the hell out of this movie. Yeah.
1: I think, yeah, it's like people because especially going online, I always kind of check websites and read TV tropes and things like that just to kind of see what people say, and so many people have issues with the nitpicky things about monsters, yeah. about certain scenes, I guess, where it's like oh, well they made these moves here, and blah blah blah, and like, There's, I guess, little inconsistencies like that, that if you care about that stuff, uh, might become a big deal to you. Um, And going into this movie, there are definitely some things that stick out to me, but I I don't know. There are some movies where that kind of stuff really bothers me, but for this one, it didn't. For this one, I think the story and the characters... Are way more front and center than the intricacies of how the creatures work and how the monsters work, and that just doesn't seem to be the point. And so I'm able to kind of look past more of that stuff, maybe. Yeah.
0: Uh,
1: but it does seem like yeah, internet internet people who love lore have problems with this movie because there are just there are like inconsistencies, I guess. But it's like it's not like they it's not like they plan to create this entire race of creatures with all the you know fleshed out. Kind of like that, you know, it's just like a, a basic premise and you kind of have to, you have to buy into it a little bit, maybe.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it, uh, it definitely, I, like, I have some issues with this movie, but like, I feel like some people really have like gone through the fine tooth comb and just like picked apart everything. And like, I, I you know, I'm probably not as hot on this movie as YouTube, but like, I I still am, like, some of these were, like, really extreme, and I'm, like, okay, I'm like, chill, dude, <laughs> and we'll <laughs> move on. But I'm fucking worried now. Let, let, let's read this email. Caleb says, this movie will be a tough one to choose the dumbest decision. Having a child during an alien invasion, how do people have electricity? When generators make noise, so many plot holes in this movie, Caleb. Uh, this is probably the shortest one I could find that pointed out the plot holes. The rest of them are like on. a paragraph or three or five long. So, hold. Oh, okay, hold. Hold. On, hold on. The number one on there was having a child during this whole thing. You're telling me that you're not. You're not. You. you, you we, as soon as this happens, we're not going to get down anymore. That nobody's going to get down anymore. I mean. That, that that you know i mean like 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 i'm sure the number one goal they had was to make a baby right because that's the only reason you have sex right well like okay wasn't like when they find out that she's pregnant like it's not exactly a joyous moment for them no so they they realize like no oh yeah so you could say it's a dumb decision i don't know if it's a plot hole or anything like I, you know. And it sets up a fucking badass scene that's going to be on Emily Blunt's highlight reel for the rest of her fucking career because that scene is fucking awesome.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's fucking it, awesome. And it's so ballsy. And it's like... I mean, and it's so well shot by Krasinski who, know, like, him and the cinematographer know how to shoot Emily Blunt so well in this movie, like, consistently. Mm-hmm. Like, her fucking hero shot where she pumps the shotgun and stuff. Like, oh, come on. The fucking stairway scene where she steps on the nail. Ah, oh, so well constructed. There's so much great shit about this movie.
1: Also, like, if you when you find out you're pregnant during an apocalypse, there's not a lot of ways you can take care of that without also potentially killing yourself, like, yeah. in that scenario. So you're kind of... You kind of have to weigh the options, you know. It's 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 a different. I will agree though that if if for some reason it was their choice to have a child, then, I'm... I, it's hard to say though because they definitely paid for it with the scenarios and shit that they
0: had to go through at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's let's try not to prop up the patriarchy by calling a pregnancy a dumb decision. Yeah, I was gonna say, Caleb, ask your parents if they think you're putting. <laughs> <a pregnancy laughs> me during a, a post-apocalyptic event. <laughs> well, There's also know. multiple babies in The Walking Dead, and nobody has issue with that.
1: So. Human life always has to go on, too, you know?
0: Yeah, you know. That's
1: what makes us human. I
0: hate to tell you, exactly. little, but sometimes you have sex, and sometimes kids happen accidentally. You're like, what are you going to do, right? Like... And I know we're projecting a little further here, but this baby is the main plot point of a quiet place part two Mm. yes a quiet place part two baby harder (laughs) (laughs) starting killian murphy let's not bury that lead at all it's got killian murphy it's got my money immediately yeah uh maybe they will touch on the sequel a little bit but i am excited because if anything i want to see more of the human component to the story of like you know like when you look at uh well a game like The Last of Us, which is very similar to a Quiet Place in a lot of ways. Like, <clears throat> it's not just the creatures that are the villains; it's the other humans. So. That's the driving force, and I, I think the driving force of this movie is the human element, just within the microcosm of this family mm-hmm. the tragedy they've gone through. Like, that's the horrible thing: is this movie sets up like their in their own heads, as parents, so yeah. maybe the, maybe having a second child is where they see their redemption. Unfortunately for him, he will never get to see that. But he's played his part. And he knows he's played his part to protect his family.
1: Oh, that scene, I, It's beautiful. I, I,
0: beautiful. I beautiful. I love the slow mo, the finger come up. I It's. I love it. I love that scene so much.
1: Definitely cried
0: more than once during this movie. That's for sure. Yeah. This movie is heavy. This movie is so heavy. Mm-hmm. Also, too, like, you have like, a lot of what goes on with the, the daughter and the father, so there's a lot of like, that kind of relief at the end, which I was like, oh, okay. Well, that she believes that she's failed her father for so so many different times, that also that it's her fault that her brother died, and all mm-hmm. this kind of stuff, so yeah, there's so much there's so much normal fa- family dynamiccy within this post-apocalyptic foraging of survivors you know what i mean
1: yeah. i also i love that they show more than one person because there's obviously the daughter blames herself because she gave him the toy but then emily blunt's character starts talking 1.2 about why didn't i carry him i had my hands free. <laughs> i could have carried yep. him like they all have something that they're carrying with them because yeah. of that like what happened you know and i love that they show that this really this really is like a deep dive into these characters you really get such a good glimpse of them in their life
0: well because they never uh, i it's never a a massive focal point of survivor's guilt it's Mm -hmm. never explored as deeply as as quiet place tries to do you know it it has remorse immediately Mm-hmm. For what it's done. And I mean, it's shocking to kill a kid within the first 10 minutes of a movie. On screen, do it too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like, that that's opening, though. That, the opening where it happens and it just cuts away as soon as the kid is grabbed is so good, though. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you're just sitting there, you know, you know it's going to happen. Um, because you can see him running up and it's in slow motion and everything, but it just cuts away right after and you're kind of just left sitting there and going, oh,
0: fuck. Mm-hmm. I, I, Krasinski is really good at dropping the hammer on emotional beats. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously that's stuck or, struck a chord in the wrong direction for a lot of horror fans out there. But mm-hmm. I think we have a lot more room these days to explore other themes within horror. And I, I don't think we should be scared of that, or I don't think we should shun that at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we, need to, we need to broaden it up, because that's how you also keep the genre alive. This is how you bring new eyes to the genre. You gotta, you've, you've gotta you got to be multifaceted now. I mean, I think that's why Ari Aster is, is exceeding and excelling, is he's he's bringing trauma and fucking deep-down grief and fucking, like, real horror elements within our own psyches, and I think that that's, that should be welcome. I think that psychiatrists have should have a fucking field day with shit like this. Mm. Yeah. Um, there's one last email. Thomas says, fuck that nail. Like, mm. fuck that nail. Indeed. It oh, really it's so one, fucking... But- Ooh. it only got
1: one foot though guys it only got one foot yeah everyone true. else everyone else that was something that i oh. was like they play up that nail still be in there but only one person actually gets it which i was thankful for because that was yeah that was really good
0: honestly if that thing if that whole thing isn't effective with you as an audience then you weren't watching the movie yeah because oh man we all had that whole body heave cringe within us i guarantee it
1: it yeah. did bother me that nobody thought to like. Maybe it would have made too much noise, but like it's a nail sticking straight up. At least bend it over a little bit. It bothered me. No
0: one fixed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. All right. Best line in this movie. Oh, the one that made me
1: burst into tears when he's um signing "I love you" and I've always loved you. Oh
0: Yeah, yeah that's mine. That's oh, mine.
1: Tears running it, down my
0: face. Yeah. Even now thinking about it, it just yeah, it it hits the well. Yeah, yeah. Also okay. because I love, I love like I I I started this episode by by praising Millicent Simmons, and I will again because her eyes mm-hmm. in that sequence because she does so much with just simple, simple just facial expressions in this movie that are just and cuz this girl's going to get an Oscar eventually in her her life or or uh, fucking screen actors or something she's going to be celebrated at some point yeah and it's just it, it cuz she already at a young age has simple nuance under control so uh, i i'm i'm excited for her future i mean not really a quote or line but when they like scream by the uh, waterfall it's always pretty nice mm-hmm. oh yeah another cathartic moment right um- it's such a release, and you feel the release in that moment. Yeah, I mean, there was
1: another line from that scene I wrote down too, where the son tells his dad, "Oh, you should tell her that you love her,"
0: because that was another really good scene. Mhm. Yeah. Again. It's, yeah, it's a cathartic release, but it's not really. It's very simple, right? Like it's not overly complex in that it's. You know, a, a bunch of dialogue. It's just them yelling, but you you get the the emotion attached to mm-hmm. that. So, to also say how much I love the scene with the man in the woods. Oh yeah, creepy. Uh, oh, so fucking cool, so fucking cool. And to show like insane suicide in that world. Oh yeah, it's fucking interesting. And it, again, it's it's only deep It's only. Deeper when you look at when you look and think about it on a deeper level of the time that's gone by in this world and and what sur- the survivors are 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 left with at this point. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, uh, best performance. I went with Krasinski. I thought he was pretty great in this. So I adore Emily Blunt. Um, Emily Blunt is such a versatile actress that she is never the weak point of any movie she's done, no matter how far out of her wheelhouse she's going. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And, I mean, uh, this movie follows, I mean... A one-two punch was actually my favorite of of anyone's career is that she did Edge of Tomorrow in 2014 and then did this movie, just two movies way outside anything she's done before, and Mm -hmm. fucking just nails it with aplomb both times. So, Emily Blunt, for sure.
1: Yeah, I think I have to agree with Emily Blunt on that. Even though, like, well... I'm I'm excited too, especially going into the second movie because it feels like maybe she'll have a little bit more on screen time. Yeah. Um, but who knows? Yeah, her her just emotions and acting as this the mother of this whole fucked up, or not they're not a fucked up family, but a family in a fucked up situation. Um. Yeah, it was it was really good.
0: Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh, best kill. I put down the the brother or the kid at the beginning just cause mm-hmm. it was like, so brutal. Although, it also ties into Dom's decision a little bit, too. But uh, nah, the kill itself is good. I, I do like the kill, uh, mm-hmm. especially because it's so quick how it happens, and um, there's not much they can do. But you also set up so much in that scene, too. It works really yeah. well to sort of yeah. lay out the ground rules of this universe. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah i would agree with that too not it's not a kill for kill's sake it has it's it's your entire nucleus of your story yeah. within that moment and you don't know how deep it is until that very last until the i love you and i've always loved you yeah until that moment when it all fucking comes home when it all rushes back like 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 water you know what i mean it's just like ah that's why yeah, no. yeah
1: I, I have to agree with that for story purposes, but in terms of visuals, that raccoon that got smushed at one point in the movie, that was, like, you could see it get smushed, and I thought that was pretty funny, like, in a good way, but, like, um, yeah, I also put yeah. down that raccoon for that reason. Because I don't think you really see, other than, like, the foot uh, with the nail, there isn't, like, a ton of blood with, like, the kills in this movie um you just kind of see someone get like grabbed and then you hear a bunch of noises but that raccoon
0: you saw its guts yeah it's true (laughs) i think the movie is pg-13 if i'm not mistaken so Mm -hmm. i think they kind of use that to sort of get around being an r rating which is fine like it's not too uh obtuse in this where like sometimes you watch a movie and you're like oh it's very clear that you're avoiding an r rating like this Mm -hmm. seem that obnoxious
1: so. No, yeah, I think with its focus more on the characters and the story, I f- almost feel like having too much gore would have taken away
0: from that a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Um, dumbest uh, decision? I, I, I put giving the kid the loud toy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Seemed mm-hmm. like a great idea. I mean, I get it, the kid wanted the toy, but, like, mm-hmm. you tell him, no, no toy for you. <laughs> yeah. <give> you this? <laughs> like, Again, this comes back, I I, mean, it, but, you know, it, being a parent and everything. Yeah. You, I, I don't it's, it's, it's a sticky line. It really well, is. I would say that, I mean, I would agree that's the worst decision. The thing is too is the movie never forgets about it either. No like and, no. and they're they're paying for it. They're yeah. paying for that decision. Yeah. Like the it's a, it's oh. a dumb decision, but it's not dumb in that the filmmakers clearly like didn't think it through. It it's more so dumb than in that in this universe it's like, why would you do something like that? But yeah, exactly. Because it weighs on all of them. Yeah. It is like an indelible mistake that they will regret for the rest of their lives. You know what I mean? Because it yeah. ended their brother or their child's life.
1: Yeah. Well, and at the beginning of the movie, too, because when I watched this the first time, my thought was, that kid should... I feel like that kid should know better. But it's like, at the beginning of the movie, I think they say it's day 80-something, so it's like three months into this supposed alien invasion or whatever, Mm -hmm. which in, in my mind is not a ton of time to get used to a new world. So I feel like I can kind of justify it, but at the same time... I there is a part of me that's like, oh, that kid, like, should maybe know better. <laughs> but,
0: oh, well. Yeah. But, uh... I don't know. Yeah, it,
1: it's hard to have to say dumb decision because, like, another dumb decision is when John Presencey's character is yelling to save his kids, but, like, he has to do that because his other kid is like, yeah! Like, he yells really loudly, and it's like, oh, like, that's a dumb decision, but also that kid is panicking, so... There's... I feel like I'm i have done decisions but i am also justifying them at the same time
0: yeah you yeah, know it can be dumb but still have an impact on the story which is like kind of like it's not dumb in that it's a plot hole it's more so dumb and that like yeah for this world yeah at least, it's not a good call but yeah in her mind too she probably was thinking more simply like hey this will help out this will make this child's life easier she probably you know, like many other kids, probably didn't think through the repercussions, right? So, cool. Like I said, to give this a score. Uh, Steve, why you go first? What are you gonna give this a score of? Nine out of ten, baby. Ooh. I I fucking love this movie. I don't care. It's not a guilty pleasure. It's not. It's you know a really good um, gathering of actors at the top of their game. Um, Krasinski debuting into a genre that uh, from large from what I'm hearing I guess that he had no business doing uh, and, and made a really effective horror film um, and, and there's a broadness to this that I love there's an emotional vein to it I love and I mean just to give uh, there's this thing on IMDb that really that just blows my mind about it just It's the caliber of actors that are working on this. So in the bathtub scene with Emily Blunt, that was all done in one take. And according to John Krasinski, as soon as he said cut, she fell out of character and was like, oh, so what's everyone having for lunch? And if you (laughs) know this scene, like, holy fuck. Because like I already said, that's one of the best scenes in the movie. Um, And uh, I mean, it's really cool when we have that caliber of talent doing film the genre that we love um and i i think it's unfortunate that quiet place is looked on i I didn't realize it was looked on so shittily as it as it is from from the feedback that we've gotten before so i don't know it's yeah i think it's you know always a case of there's always when the movie came out there was a huge positive like amount of thoughts and views in the movie and now I think people, as with any movie over time, people are more critical of it and, you know, it goes for a lot of movies. Like, it's once the movies have been out for a while and everyone keeps saying, oh, this movie is great, either whether they do it to be contrarian or they do it because they're actually just being overly critical, people will find ways to basically rip apart a part of the movie, so because yeah. Yeah. Like I was even looking at, like, the Rotten Tomatoes and Letterboxd scores for this and like on Letterbox, I think it's averaging like a three point three out of five, like which is not mm-hmm. that high. Like, you know, it, it's just interesting. Uh, not to get too like meta into it, but you know, some people really love to just be overly analytical on this movie. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. three points like that does seem really low for me because even other movies that have not necessarily gotten everything right about the creatures or have little plot things. Like I feel like it, this movie has other things to offer that make it good despite that, I guess. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. Like I know around the time too, a lot of people were talking about Bird Box was coming out and that movie is just not good. And That's I know a lot of people who still link these two movies, like A Quiet Place and Bird Box too, because they're, it they came out, I think in the same summer, same year, and they basically have the same premise but slightly changed, um, and A Quiet Place was great, and Bird Box was just not not good. It was just not good, in my opinion at least. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I don't know, I think maybe people just have all these different ideas and thoughts about A Quiet Place that just makes it not quite as good to them, because yeah, that seems a little low considering how much emotion you get from this movie and how much character you get from this movie. And I feel like that was more the point to this movie than it being a monster flick, you know? Um, But yeah, I think, I think I'm going to, I'm not going to give it an, I think I'm going to give it an eight. Um, But it's, yeah, like I, I really enjoyed this movie and I, I, even though I understand why people have problems because I can also see the plot holes. When you watch this movie for what it is, it's, it makes up for that stuff, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give it a 7. And I know I just said, wow, 3... Watch, Actually, 3.7 on Letterboxd. But presumably, that means there's people who are less than a 3.5 or a 7 out of 10. So, mm. I, I, to me, it. I think Krasinski has a pretty strong debut. But I also can see where... He, he needs a little bit more time to develop, refine his style and I mean here's the thing. We have first time directors that like are nowhere close to as good as this, but just like a lot of other directors with their first time debuts as directors, like I, I think he's got some room to grow and I think you know, even looking at the trailer for a quiet place part 2, like I can see how that's already shaping up to be a better film than this you know, he learns his lessons, he applies some new ideas, and hopefully it'll make for an overall better flick. Uh, I don't really focus too much on the plot points or the plot holes in this, because if you want to do that, you can do that to any movie. But mm. I think for me, it's just more so that, like, there are some directional things here that are great. There's also some things that could be worked on, and I think uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what kind of lessons he's learned from this movie and what he applies to Quiet Place 2. Um, you know, if I ever got the chance to interview him, I would ask him that. Just be like, hey, like, what did you learn from this? What were your, you know, what were your big takeaways on what you could improve? Because I feel like there's got to be some things that he's he's going to improve on. So, but, you know, it's not a bad problem to have, you know, I think, yeah. considering how strong of a debut this is, it, there's still, you know, He's got some in the roll, but I think either way it's gonna be exciting to watch what he does and from a directorial standpoint. You know, if he does decide to keep with this. I think they said the Quiet Place Three is gonna be a different director. Like they're kind of taking a step back. So I don't know. I'm kinda of curious to see where he goes in terms of his directing uh career, but uh, yeah, for now I'd give this a seven. I don't think it's it's the strongest film but i also don't think like a seven's not bad either i should preface like seven out of ten is like you can still watch this this is still worth a watch so i i hate to be this dude this is his uh third movie though is this his third movie yeah he did brief he did brief interviews of hideous men in 2006 or 2008 uh, which is an adaptation of a david foster wallace book and then he did he did the haulers uh, two years before this one. Okay. Yeah. Oh, room to grow. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. like, still, you know, kudos for him for getting into this genre. Uh, yeah, because yeah, apparently people aren't very forgiving <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you want to. It's that there's just so many gatekeepers. I just don't yeah. know. I it's such a hard thing, even for a fledgling horror fan, You'd be like, I'm now into horror now, and they're like, then you will just be like, really? Now? Really? Pff, why? Pff, why? Yeah.'" You know, It's like, what the fuck does it fucking matter to you? So gatekeepers, go fuck yourself. That's my message today. Yeah, you know, and I'm not, we're gonna say like, oh, you should, you know, try horror or whatever, because I think it's great that he, he did it. You know, obviously he has a lot of great ideas. Um, but yeah, well, we see what uh, Quality Place 2, which I still remember getting the invite to that screener only for it to be reversed. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I think, like, literally the day before I was set to go see it, I got the invite rescinded. So, you know, I'm still waiting to see it. And here's the thing, like, I'm excited to see Quiet Place 2. Me too. It's, yeah, me too. I, watching this, like... If anything, got me more excited for the sequel. I yeah. want to see where they take it. But uh, so Solid uh, horror entry. Well worth a watch, in my opinion. Hell yeah. And I, I watched it on my beautiful Steelbook uh, Mondo edition. Oh, nice. It's gorgeous. If you haven't seen the Mondo edition, Google it. It's fucking gorgeous. So, yeah, it's 4K and all that shit. Yeah, it's good stuff. Awesome. Cool. Well, Steve, where can people find you? Yeah, uh, I am on uh, Twitter and Instagram at the steel Dead. Uh, my website is uh, stevesteving dossier, and I'm on the shift with Shane Hewitt every week at uh, 11 p.m. Pacific on Thursdays. Uh, just, just a quick one from my last week's one, and it has nothing to do with horror. Uh, and unfortunately, it's behind a $35 paywall on Disney Plus. But Raya and the Last Dragon, that movie oh, yeah. blew me off. That movie blew me away. I was so in love with that movie. Um, Yeah, I'm so surprised how much I love that movie. I yeah, I've seen it too uh, for review. It's it's a really good movie. It uh, you know thirty dollars I think for some people it might scoff at, but I think if you've got like a family or something, yeah, where like they'll enjoy enjoy it too because it's it's just vibrant. It's fun. Uh, Kelly Marie Tran gets a, a strong character that she deserves. Um and fuck do I love Misa Aquafina I really do yeah Aquafina Aquafina you're ever single want to go on a date <laughs> that, she just uh, her New Yorker style just constantly has it has me in stitches I mean if if you haven't seen Nora for from Queens yet her series that was on uh, oh. Comedy Central that show was fucking hysterical oh yeah uh crave here in Canada but me to watch Yeah, uh, so worth it
1: so worth it
0: I've been going through uh Chappelle's show ah uh, uh, nice it, which nice. is it surprisingly holds up quite a bit actually it's like still funny decades later or so you should track down it's not that not not really related with it but it's something he did when he was taking his break that ended up being a permanent uh and it just turned 15. The other day, uh, Dave Chappelle's Block Party. It's a documentary about a um, a concert that he organized. And then uh, totally relevant to movies that come out recently, Fred Hampton Jr. is in it. He's one of the guests on it and stuff. And for anybody that hasn't seen Judas and the Black Messiah, like, holy oh. fuck, watch that movie. Oh, my God. That's my number one movie this year so far. Yeah, it's the best movie this year by a long shot. So, uh, oh, so fucking good. Oh, my God, so good a King, that like that is a, a director I will watch anything. Now he's like, it's uh, like Boots Riley when Boots Riley made "Uh, Sorry to Bother You." I was like, I will follow you anywhere. This guy is another one of those directors. Yeah, the movie does a great job of blurring the line between antagonist and protagonist. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. you feel sympathy for everyone involved, and you don't yeah. really know. Who is the real bad person? I mean, I guess yeah. at the end you kind of know who the bad yeah. person is, but it's not who you would expect. Uh, it's a really great movie. Yeah. Well, and uh, Dan- Daniel Kaluuya is a, a Golden Globe winner for it now, um, and well deserved uh, for playing Fred Hampton. Uh, I don't think anyone's. I don't think enough people are talking about Lakeith Stanfield in that movie. Oh, who's yeah. holy crap, so good. <laughs> Yeah. so good and even uh, Dominique um, Fishback who plays uh, Fred's uh, wife and then mm. she's also oh my god I, I mean talk about a, a, an actress that the camera loves yeah uh, I, w- I would put her name for sure yeah in there yeah for sure uh, there's also Moxie too go watch Moxie I yeah I'll, I'll leave that one for you <laughs> I, I, I do not like that movie <laughs> I I I enjoyed Moxie. I thought it was like uh, maybe it's not as creatively inventive as it likes to think it is. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I love its message. I don't love its execution at all. Yeah, but that's on Netflix. I, I actually enjoyed <laughs> it for a bit. Patrick Schwarzenegger, once again, loves playing the asshole. Uh, Holy crap, does he ever, eh? Yeah, I think he Holy might be on average of being typecast, but you know what? I'm also okay with it, too. Okay, Daniel isn't real is still incredible. Yeah, no, Daniel is isn't real is amazing. Hey, I would love to put this out here right now. I would love to eventually to talk to Adam Egypt Mortimer on the show. Now that we've had Caroline, I think that we can we can open the door to anything at this point. Yeah, I would love to talk to Adam, especially about Arch Enemy. If anyone hasn't seen it yet, it's such a fucking cool movie. Asking about
2: holidays. Um, Yeah.
0: (laughs) That's a movie that people either love or hate. Well,
1: that's a movie I think I've actually seen, which is... There we go. (laughs) I love those anthology ones, though. I do, too. They're never, like, 100% that great, because there's always a couple in that you're like, that was stupid, but, like, I still love them.
0: Unless you're a movie called Southbound, where every piece of it's just, like, this new, delicious piece of fucking dusty horror...
1: Yeah, that sounds dope. I haven't seen that one
0: yet. Southbound's fucking great. One, so one great. that um, st- I th- I think
1: it was in one of the ABCs of horror. But there's one short where it's like um, a mom who has a fully grown son still in her stomach that she's mm-hmm. like giving birth to. My husband briefly saw that scene as I was watching it, and he still to this day will not let me live it down that he accidentally had to watch that scene over my shoulder. So that's funny. I think if 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 you can say horror is effective, then that definitely was. There we
0: go. Yeah. Uh, for those questioning it out there, Southbound in Canada is a re- is available on Amazon Prime, Hoopla, and Shutter. Yeah, I saw for our next recording that uh, Scanners is on a streaming service called Boomy, and I yes <laughs> never heard of the service before. But part of me is like, I know now that I'm like out of the game when like I don't even recognize half these fucking streaming services, like. What the fuck is movie? But movie, movie. is almost a uh, movie's like a high level like cinema type thing. It's almost like hand in hand with the Criterion Channel type thing. Oh, okay.
1: Which is yeah. so funny because it reminds me of the fake fast food chain from The Frank.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is now which is now mobile. The, uh, Kevin Smith's taking it on tour. You can get a movie burger. Uh, I think it's in Vancouver <laughs> this month. or Already has been, or like the thirteenth or something like that. So oh, I'm I disappointed. I really want one. I just, just so I can just have a picture of me with a movie burger. Being the ultimate Kevin Smith fan that I am. <laughs> I, I feel, feel like a
1: movie, a movie burger, burger. Uh, a movie burger is probably just gonna taste like piss and flies, though, isn't it?
0: <laughs> Depends who makes it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Taylor, where can people find you on the internet? Um, attention. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm <laughs> <Yeah>, of <sorry. laughs> I, kinda, I kinda we were, <laughs> were doing this
1: part. Um, I'm mostly on social media. I say mostly. I'm never on social media. I <laughs> plan to be at some point in the future when I'm doing more stuff, um, which is in the works. And if I ever post any updates about projects I'm working on, it'll mostly be on my blog, which is
0: surcyanic.home.blog. Nice. I'm over at threegreenbearers.com. I'll I'll tout it again. <coughs> the movie commentary we did for Uncle Peckerhead is amazing. It's so much fun. Um, cool. Well, until next time, everybody. Bye for now.